The exit minimal video and the the, the one that they don't work. Do you want me to restart the call? The they Zoom call. Don't work. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Stand Through my here. gigantic scientific mind, mm-hmm. I found something in the preference pane to you exit did. the minimal window. Okay. Even good. though the quick buttons didn't work. So and that, can... ladies and gentlemen, is the beginning of the podcast. We begin the podcasts with technical difficulties. Of course. Of course. Final. Final. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Biofriendly Podcast. I am Jacob. I'm Noel. And this, if I'm pointing to the right window, I don't is know. My, isn't Mike? Is he not below? No, he's not. over here to me. This is like over here. We're all different. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, this is Michael Carroll, our special guest for today's episode. Hey, Mike. Hey, thank you for having me on. Hello, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Welcome, sir. You guys have known each other for a while, I think, right? For those of you who are not familiar, uh, I often in this show, often more than once, have uh, have referenced the the legend of of my brother Michael, uh, and we thought, you know what? Since we've got to start getting guests again, what mm-hmm. better guinea pig to put here to try to make this audio system work? A hundred percent. Than my very own amazing, talented big brother Mike. So yeah. Michael Carroll, yeah, uh, is here. And, yeah, and, uh, we. And, and I've, I've only I've only had to put up with Noel for all of his life, but I did have a good four years where it was nice and calm and relaxing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mike breaks his, his life into two parts: the four good years and the forty-one bad ones. B B N and A M. Bad ones. Ones. Yes, 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 yes. No, we, we, uh, uh, Noel speaks the truth. We were like, well, we need to have guests on the show. We need to bring podcast guests back. But what happens if it goes totally awry? Nothing works and it's humiliating and embarrassing, which it did. And thank goodness Mike doesn't care. Or at least that's what he tells us. Yeah, I mean, not not publicly. Not publicly. Like later, boy, we're getting. Oh, yeah. Post meeting, I'm going to whip you guys a new one. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good, good. Well, for those watching, we have the uh, the Zoom call going. So we have our first three windows, which is exciting in our Brady Bunch layout here, which is is cool. If we ever have like, you know, a a nice sizable group of guests, we can have a total Brady Bunch opening here. But but today, um, I don't know, you want to know you could give some background on Mike. Yes, yes, yes. So, so Mike, Michael Carroll is a, is a engineer and scientist and inventor, and uh, also uh, just a very uh, a very knowledgeable person in um, in I mean tons of random topics. But when it comes to the environment, Mike has like more data forgotten than most of us will have, which is really great. And uh, Mike is the the founder of Helios Altus, which is a company that created the Powerball. Um, and for those of you who aren't aware, a Powerball is is a uh, so well Michael tell you more about it. But basically, it provides energy uh, to places that have never seen it, like right. like like villages in jungles uh, in the middle of nowhere where they light their their life with you know by by kerosene lamps are getting power now because of, of this company, because of what, uh, what Mike's doing. And Mike has a, a kind of a cool, specific bit of knowledge regarding sustainable energy, which I thought maybe the fans of Biofriendly Podcast would want to hear. So Mike, welcome to the show. Thank welcome. you for joining us today. Yes. Awesome. 
Well, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate the introduction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. So uh, we, we, uh, we, we have a, um, a thing we call the, the, the bummer run uh, mm-hmm. on, on our, on our show, which is where it's we get the, new. get anything like get, get like, you know, tough stuff out of the way and whatever else. And we've been generally using that for uh, the quarantine at the moment. And I think it's, it's relevant just There's to something see something going on. It might be a bummer. Yeah. No, 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 no. There's nothing happening right we're now. Fine. Nothing, nothing is out of the ordinary and oh, okay. it's just as it always was. We're, we're fine. 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 <laughs> uh, so what, what, uh, what I think we would like to open up with, I to know uh, how, how you are holding up uh, in this quarantine and how things are in Northern California. How's the family? What's, what's going on with all that? You guys, guys hanging in up there? Yeah, we're hold, we're holding up quite well here. It's um, I think it's a little easier for us up here than uh, you guys in the cities. So kind of in the suburbs, um, but we're countryside adjacent. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot fewer people here, a lot more space. You know, um, right. you know they only just shut down the state park parks parking lots for going oh. hiking and stuff this last. Really? So you've been hiking this whole but, time? So we've been hiking this whole time, and um, <sighs> so you know, jealous. So, uh, yeah, so we've actually been doing pretty well. Um, you know, the kids at home becoming, you know, teachers and obviously appreciating how amazing our teachers are. Um, now we're having to fill in. And, uh, you know, obviously we've seen the million memes about how your own kids drive you crazy. And, yeah. uh, of course, that's true with us, too. <laughs> love, love you all, girls. Sorry. We love you. We love you, though. We love you. It, you it is well crazy. known on this podcast how much we love Michael's daughters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're the best. Time. But uh, yeah, no, we're we're doing great. We're doing great. So yeah, they, yeah. And that, I, I just have to comment on that one. But yeah, no, that's a very American thing that we, that I've been taking around the world with me as well. When I do that to people, they look at me like, "Well, what do you mean, yeah or no? So yeah, which way are you going with this?" No. It is a it is a California <laughs> thing, and I California see it thing all the time. All yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I never even I I have never picked up on the fact that. We do that constantly. All the time. Right. And you flip them and they have different meanings. So that's yeah. the most exciting thing about yeah. that. You go, no, no, yeah. You can go, no, yeah, but, or you can do, yeah, no, but. <laughs> <laughs> Training myself to not do that because I do a lot of traveling where I used to do a lot of traveling internationally. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, so you kind of caught I did that, which I hadn't done in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. That's funny. I, I saw it somewhere online. Somebody had taken that. It was a you know the text, and it said no, yeah, and then it had what that meaning was, and then, and then yeah, no, and what that meaning was, and then somebody did somebody did yeah, yeah, no, and then no, no, yeah, they went like so many levels of it. And I was like, I actually would understand all of those. I totally do. Yeah, yeah, we've so. all been we've all been indoctrinated. That is that is hilarious. That is really funny. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's interesting with the with the the. the with the teaching aspect of it, like to see both how, how, uh, how teachers are, are, are figuring it out to, to get their zoom meetings going or use uh, Google meet or these different things to yeah. get their classroom. Like I remember watching, just looking in the, in the background and seeing, Oh, in a, in a class and there's like 30 kids yeah. <laughs> sitting on a zoom with yeah. one poor teacher. And yeah. I was like, wow. But they wow. into context what these teachers are dealing with. On, I mean, for them, it's just normally they're in a room dealing with that, but now it's right. just on a screen. Yeah, you know, but but it's uh, it's it's fascinating to see how we're surviving that. How how I think pretty well for the most case, most teachers are, are pulling it together, and how parents need to give themselves a break a little yeah. bit. Don't you yeah. think? Parents are giving themselves too hard of a time yeah. right now on on the on the teaching of their kids. Your kids are are doing fine. They're not gonna their lives aren't gonna end because you aren't as good at teaching as. 
the teachers. Yeah. Do your best. You're doing and I fine. found the teachers are adjusting. You know, one of my daughters, the teacher was like full on, hey, we even have extra hours. We're doing more. And another teacher was like this. It fell completely off. <laughs> spring break. It's sort of they both kind of one's mellowed out and one's picked it up and they've kind of yeah. found their equilibrium where they need to be. So that's you know, funny. It's all learning. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's yeah. a journey. I know. I've, I, I'm curious as to how creative high schoolers, you know, the older kids are. My kids are also young, but I would imagine if you're 17, 18 years old, and you're about to graduate, and you're doing Zoom classes, you would get so good at like cardboard cutouts of your head <laughs> and all the clever ways that you're in class, and you're definitely not in class. You know, like, what percentage of high school kids for sure are sneaking out at nighttime? I've wondered, from their homes, I've wondered to not socially distance at all. Because I, I think about where my headspace would be at 17, 18 years old, and it would really have been a hard, you know, time to say you can't leave and you have to hang out with your parents all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you probably haven't seen him in six weeks because you've been hanging out with your friends the whole time. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Oh man. Well, I, I have some cool images uh, that are ready at any point that Mike is ready to uh, dig into some of yeah. what his product does. Well, yeah, let's start with, let's, let's start, start with, there. Tell people, about, tell, tell people about the Powerball, Mike. Let, let yeah. us know well, what, what, you, what you're up to. Love to get into it. Maybe just a slight little background. So sure. I have a, a background in energy. Um, actually, really, a lot of it's in oil and gas, um, working upstream. So producing oil and helping enhance production so they can actually get oil out of the ground a lot easier. And then on the downstream, um, in terms of helping to develop fuel additives, which is what BioFriendly does, um, to reduce emissions. And uh, so both things are, you know, in the green space of, you know, help helping on that side. Uh, with it, I've traveled the world. I've been to virtually everywhere you can go. And I've seen, you know, how lucky particularly in the U.S., how we have it, you know, and seeing how people lived without, you know, in severe poverty, you know, um, in these places where they just don't have power or have anything really. So that was a lot of my motivation was trying to, I'd always wanted to find something that was renewable, that you could actually help these people out. And so, um, yeah, I actually came, I came across this technology um, through a mutual friend and uh, helped them to design and develop it. And it's a, it's a water wheel. So it's a, um, let me throw up a. I've got one right here. Boom. Yeah, throw that picture. Hey. Um, hey. <laughs> so Jacob is our, live from the water wheel. I'm here. Wait, let me wash my hands with the water wheel. Oh, keeping clean. <laughs> keeping clean. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening and not watching, there is a picture of a wheel that is wheel. in a canal. Yes. Yeah. And uh, water is causing it to spin. And yeah. so what these are is these are suspended, all the generations on the inside, so they can move around as the water flow changes, as the water levels rise and drop. And what's really special about this is with producing power from water like this, water is 800 times more, it's 800 times more dense than air. So there's a lot of energy in it. Right. And we can actually produce power out of very thin flows of water of the way we've done this. And so that essentially one of our water wheels, the footprint is, it's about a, you know, less than a 10th of what, or it's just about a 20th of what a similarly sized solar power system would be to produce the same wow. amount of power. That's so the incredible. footprint is much smaller. Yeah. Um, and you need just a lot less um, ground coverage. 
So what the kind of the idea, the big grand picture of this is, is, you know, we can put these in canals and in series and produce, you know, up to megawatts of power with larger wheels. Uh, another one of our big targets is actually re um, these remote areas that I was talking about. So the right. kind of the, the, the overall numbers are, which sort of which often surprises people, there's about a billion people in the world that don't have power. You know, so wow. one in six people in the world don't have power. So wow. another interesting fact about that is if you don't have power, well, you need a lot of water to survive. So they, about 90% of these people live in tropical regions in Asia and Africa and Latin America around that central belt where all the tropics are. So there's high rainfall there and solar actually does not work as well there because the humidity, the cloud cover, everything else, it's just not quite as efficient. Well, isn't there tree coverage too from the jungle? Tree coverage, yeah. you know, and so the idea being that footprint as well, right? So you need a right. huge footprint to produce the same size solar. So now you got to cut down rainforest just to put your solar in for that footprint. Yeah. Yeah. So with our system in that particular application, you know, we can actually provide power at about half the price already without going to scale and marketing or scale and scaling up and producing our units than what uh, solar and batteries can do right now. Um, and you save the rainforest in the process. And then you reduce the rainforest usage and, and everything else. Sorry, I'm yeah. putting my uh, headphones It's okay. Out. Half of the time this podcast is done in silence because one of us has, has turned off our microphone or knocked something. Yeah. 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 So it's, uh, yeah, Jake has put up another picture here. So we, we have actually done this. Uh, these are kids from a village um, where we put power into. And you can see on the bottom, if you can see the pictures, we've yeah. designed the unit so two people can actually carry this in, um, you know, through a, through a path through the village to the forest to set this up. So uh, we put in two of our units. Uh, we, do, we did do a couple solar panels. Um, does help a little bit during the daytime, but it's literally two panels. And we actually use that as a roof to cover all of our power and our electronics oh, that cool. manage the system. And uh, yeah, so that's been running for over 18 months, providing power to 10, 10 homes, uh, 10 huts. And there was a, a video that you released around then where you're showing people... Is. Like yeah. studying with with light and like in tears for the first time, I, so, I thought it was so powerful. Yeah, is that, is that something still available to see, or is it? Is there that is. Like an um, so you can actually uh, on our website heliosaltus.com. Um, you can actually see the video there or YouTube. We've got a few videos there of that that particular one, but uh, yeah, you can see the uh, video of the project and what we did and and the people that we helped and you know actually firsthand reporting and recounting from the, the locals. So it was a, it was a really neat project and um, just amazing. Yeah. Noel's, Noel's saying there's, you know, kids now studying and uh, you know, uh, just living a better life. You know, they were able to actually get refrigeration. So now they can have medicine. Um, there was extra power. So we actually put in a water pump. So now the kids and everybody don't have to carry water from the river back up to the village. We actually just pump the water up to the village. So they've got wow. it there ready to go. That's amazing. Um, our next step is actually want to raise that up about 10 feet. I could put a low pressure water filter, a UV light, and we can purify and clean the water for them for like, you know, a couple hundred bucks and that'll be it. So that's amazing. It's a, well, we will, we will make sure to share that video on our social media so that people can, you know, share the link to your site so that people can see it. Cause I think that would be a really, really cool thing for people to witness. And, and uh, I can see this is the, for me, my view is it's reverse, but it says Philippines, right? This is from, yes. That's yeah, right. so this was done in the Philippines. Uh, we've got a project going in now in Malaysia, one in Indonesia, 
We have two units going to Nigeria in Africa, and then we've actually just been approached by Brazil. So we'll have some systems going into Brazil as well soon. So That's really exciting. exciting. Yeah, yeah. I have nice. to do a tangent once you're ready to go. No, I've got a tangent. I have to do it because oh, tangential. But this we're tangential here. thing. I've heard about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You've heard about what we do, but I want Noel to say his thing. But worth it. Not anymore. That was last year. This year, we're not worth oh, it. Oh, what? Oh, no. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, there, there's something that, that, that we push a lot in, in BioFriendly and that I think this really relates to that, that I've always found very exciting. And it's, it's that um, you got just because te like technology went through what it went through uh, in terms of like older technologies that create more pollution or create more problems doesn't mean that because you, this is so well said, God, I'm on fire right now. <laughs> it does not mean that. It's just, just keep going, Noel. It's very, it's very falling out of my mouth like someone's farting out of it. Um, oh. No, I, so like, so places that, that don't have kind of these, these really developed technologies, these new technologies, new, new power, new energy, uh, new vehicles, new everything, right? Just because there was a process that, the developed world had to go through to get to that doesn't mean, Oh, I figured it out. Yeah. doesn't mean <laughs> that the, uh, that, that developing countries have to go through that same process. Like they can skip all of those steps and go straight to the better option. And that's, that's one other thing about this. That's exciting. It's like, yeah, these villages have never seen power, but the power they're getting in the first place is clean and it's renewable. Right. And they don't have to tear something down to rebuild again, which so many people, so many of us have to. Completely environmentally sound, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're skipping straight to it. Yeah. That excites me about the yeah. planet. I don't know yeah. if that drives you, little Mike, on, on what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, cell phones, yeah, like in Africa and a lot of these countries, they just, they didn't have landlines. They went straight to cell phones. And yeah. it's very similar to what, you know, we'll do with our systems and what solar and batteries is going to do with their systems. You know, once the batteries improve more, they're improving dramatically, you know, right. um, even compared to three, four years ago, they're yeah. improving amazingly. We talk a lot about that a lot on here, about, about yeah. the, the, the value that the, the people don't quite, the people who complain about batteries, they don't understand the value in investing in that, right? Like, yeah. the, like even, even, you know, in, in the Powerball or many other technologies, right? It's like you, by investing in those technologies, anything that could not be optimal about that can be improved because there's money there now, right? right. And, and the natural goal is to be more efficient, to make a better product, have something that lasts longer, it's better to sell, that works better. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, that's where we're, that's where yeah. we're headed. Yeah. But I yeah. believe I cut off a tangent. Oh no, <laughs> you can never cut off a tangent. They just show up <laughs> out of the blue. Um, no, it was because I was there in the Philippines for those yeah. watching, I had the, the thing in the Philippines and I just, that was the first time I've ever been in the Philippines. Um, but, Three years ago, there was a guy from California, um, a guy that the only thing that we shared was our ethnicity and beard. We both had beards, and he was also a fellow white dude. Okay. He got lost in the Philippines, and uh, he was living on the streets, and he was from California, and his name was Jacob Givens. Well, so you had more than in common than just your, your, your <laughs> yes, we had the name. <laughs> we had the name in common, but in, in appearance-wise, if you were to look at an image of him, I would be like, we don't look alike at all, but we do share the same name. And so for about oh, two months straight, I got contacted by every citizen in the Philippines on social media asking me if I was okay and if I had returned home to California. And it just kept going. 
It was insane. <laughs> I would get a message every other day from someone in the Philippines being like, please, sir, I saw <laughs> that you were stranded and I just want to make sure you got home. And I, I initially engaged and I would write back and be like, this, it's actually not me. We share the same name. Yes, we live in California, but it's not me. And it just, that was the biggest mistake I made was starting that dialogue to go back. Cause it, <laughs> then it just, then I had like 1500 Filipino friends uh, messaging me and asking me if I made it back home. So uh, that was the, I've never been to the Philippines in real life, but once the image was behind me, I was like, Hey, Jacob Givens in the Philippines. <laughs> so, that is, that is classic Jacob. That to is get classic. the love and support of, of too many people too for many something people you never did. That I never did. I wasn't there. It wasn't me. And no matter how many times I tried to explain that because we had the same name, we are white dudes with beards. We were not, in fact, the same person. So <laughs> anyway, that was my tangential they, bit worth it. They are very friendly in the Philippines. I spent yes. quite a lot of time there. And, yes. you know, that is one thing traveling the world. I mean, people around the world are really friendly and really yeah. caring like that in, in everywhere. Yeah. You know, it was I mean, incredibly thoughtful. Yeah. The, it, yeah. it even happened because the person who took the photo was a Filipino, like, like musician. He was a famous, well-known guy and he was in some main part of the city and he took a photo of this guy and he was feeding him, you know, cause he was being very generous and caring and he took a photo and he uploaded this image on his social media and he had hundreds of thousands of, you know, audiences that, you know, of Filipino fans that adored this guy. And so he's like, please help me track this guy down. So <laughs> they all just in droves were like, oh, we found him. Jacob Gibbons in California. He's right here. <laughs> so, so my wife, while this tangent's going, let's keep it yeah, rocking. Let's keep it rocking. Let's keep my, it. my wife, uh, uh, she's an actress and she was in a, uh, she was in a, a movie. Um, it was a, a Lifetime movie, right? Yeah. Where, and you know I've Lifetime movies, yeah, it's, it's the, the nanny is watching, right? Yeah. You know how yeah. Lifetime movies, like there's always some like, it goes too far and then you have to murder the thing to save <laughs> yeah. So the nanny was played by a Filipina, like, rock star like like yeah. literally like she was a musician a pop star very famous millions of followers on twitter very huge in yeah. the philippines yeah natalia played the character who was the mom and this girl played the nanny right Natalia kills her in the movie <laughs> oh, no. kills her in the movie and it was now she is like enemy number one oh. of the people in the philippines because she killed their star she killed their movie star <laughs> she's on most wanted posters in every tavern in the philippines i love it i love that talia and i can bond over our we never went there no. but we somehow are okay. the most famous people in the philippines totally. anyway I well wear a shirt and i go there next time saying this is my sister-in-law <laughs> yes yes yeah this is my exactly. sister and, and and then on the back have a picture i i know i know jacob, jacob gibbons is home <laughs> please oh it's so good it's so good and in oh, a lot of ways amazing. it's like renewable energy it you is know? <laughs> so anyway well, back to what we were talking about so uh yeah and mike did you did you have any uh, just before we move on to the next next topic is there anything else on the on the the powerball or, or yeah i have that you wanted to I have this other image that uh, that he gave me that kind of shows it out of the water, kind of the mechanics of it right yeah, there. Yeah, it shows it out of the water. You can, you know, hang it over a little bridge like that or a little structure. It's actually very simple. You can see the counterweight there that holds it in so you get all the energy out of the water. And um, yeah, it's been cool. a really, really neat project. And I do need to do a shout out to our partner, Hunting Energy, um, who has been helping us design this as well and part of our engineering team. So. It's been an interesting projects. We've got a, a Italian engineer in Italy 
Giovanni Petrozzini. Um, quick little tangential story. Great name. We love tangents. I love that name he, too. He, um, so he's a, yeah, he, he's an expert in water wheels. He's, he's built, you know, has uh, operating water wheels all over Europe. And um, apparently his water pump broke down after 400 years in Italy. And so they called him up to fix it. It was Leonardo da Vinci's water pump, wooden water pump. It broke down after 400 years. 400 years? Yeah. yeah. That guy knew, knew how to that build it. That guy them. was a G. He wow. Was a serious Straight G. Up. Yeah. Yeah. He made a pump 400 years ago that just broke down. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> that is incredible. Oh, my gosh. Well, that, did, that tells you. Yeah. That tells yeah. you right yeah. there. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Everything you need to know about Leonardo da Vinci in one story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's rad. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So uh, beyond beyond water wheels, um, there's actually, well, if we stick with water for a second, um, how similar is your technology to what would be used in a dam? Uh, so, What's your mouth, Noel? Yeah, so ours is a little <laughs> different than uh, what you use in a dam. And um, a dam, you obviously back the water up, uh, you put the water in a pipe, um, and you get a lot of elevation. So you get a lot of pressure, which then you can focus through a nozzle on a turbine. Um, so it, it's a, you know, it is a more efficient way of producing power. Uh, and, um, you know, dams are critical. Uh, you know, I know they're not very well liked, um, but for our day and age, you know, with, with global warming and global change, you know, we have these stages of huge amounts of water and these long periods of, you know, dry times. So, yeah. you know, we need to be able to, you know, catch the water when there's lots of water coming. So we're not flooding areas out and, um, and also store more water for those dry times. So it's, um, they're really important, but our, our system is different, um, in that way where we don't need really any civil structures at all. Um, you know, a lot of, and a lot of cases, what's really unique about our technology is we can actually go into canals and waterways that are existing that just aren't being used. You know, the energy is already there. And they're just not using it. So that was also a lot of the idea is just how can we take advantage of all this energy that nobody's using and how can we produce power from it? Um, so that's kind of the difference between what we're doing and what they're doing. So that yeah. makes sense. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It's so amazing. On the hydro- it's another thing just on the hydro too, uh, where we're talking about this so people yeah. get an idea. You know, our dams are really critical for our power grid. Um, so it's, it is the, the one way right now we have um, outside of gas turbines where if there's a problem with the grid or a bunch of solar goes down or something, you can turn on megawatts of power, you know, right away to meet that power load and maintain our grid. And that's one of the reasons the U.S. has such a good stable grid is we have lots of dams distributed around the country that can use to balance that out. Um, you know, lots of other technical things I can get into, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, no, the frequency yeah. and lots of other things like that but you know that that's the ba- that's the main one you know but also to this in terms of frequency you know so if uh the frequency is not right in terms of the power you're getting in um it goes in a little faster a little slow it'll literally make if you have a, a watt a clock to be plugged in it would literally make your clock speed up or slow down you know so mm-hmm. they've always got to maintain the right frequency coming into your into your house not not just for your clocks but also all of your other things so that's they're they're built to operate a certain way with that so that that helps out a lot with that too um and you know these these kind of these are the sort of steps kind of leading on to that to get 
you know, th these supporting technologies is what is going to make so much solar and everything else work. Um, you know, yeah, moving away from coal and all that is where you go. It has is, is been amazing, particularly in the U.S. I, you know, yeah. I think that, you know, th there's everybody wants to, you know, everybody to press a button and change things. What's kind of naturally happened with the progression of more gas being available is that we switch from coal to gas. And by doing that, the U.S. actually was the first country in the world to meet the Kyoto Protocols. So I was confused by nobody's ever talked about it or said anything about it at all. But we actually were. Wow. <laughs> we, right. we didn't sign up with them and join them, which really annoyed everybody. But this through that innovation and efficiency, you know. So yeah. again, the Kyoto, do you mean Kyoto Paris? Protocols? Do you the Paris Accord? Well, so yeah, I, okay. So the Kyoto sorry. Protocol was before the Paris Accord. So right. the Kyoto Protocol was in a treaty signed, which actually a lot of the countries are still honoring and working by that was signed before the Paris Accord. That's right. And, um, I never heard of Kyoto Pro yeah, Protocols. So I thought it was a Van Damme movie. I was no, like, the Kyoto <laughs> I've, I've seen Kyoto Protocol. Kyoto Japan, yeah, yeah. That was actually the first one that is what everybody was trying to attain. And then they did the Paris Accords, which then stepped that up even further. To go yeah. further, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we're part of neither. Yeah, yeah. Great. Um, no, we're not. But, well, so lots of our states are, though. So lots of yes, states are taking on to do it themselves. So there's a bit of a mix, you know. Yeah, there's a block of states that have a, have a, a union that are, that, are, that are part of the accord still. Yes. Well, that's a relief. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which, is, which is good. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that that, that uh, some of those innovations get misunderstood a lot. I mean, a lot of times things are misunderstood. I think people don't quite understand what a dam is, really. That's, so I'm glad we talked about it. Like that how much it, how important they are. And, 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 and honestly, they're actually coming out with new turbines now that are, um, they have a bigger throat at the bottom. Um, so that actually can pass fish through those turbines. So fish do come through, they can actually shoot their way through and then make power and they're okay. It's a, it's wow. one heck of a ride. I'm not sure if I want to take that ride, yeah. but uh, they've been doing a lot of studies to see how it handles them and how they're negatively or affected or, or what happens there. But they're, you know, they are working on ways to, to get around that. And, yeah. So basically, what you're saying is that dams are now a theme park for fish. Yeah, basically. Exactly. It's the best roller coaster ride ever. <laughs> Man, have you guys been to the Hoover Dam? It's insane. <laughs> My family's going to the Hoover Dam this summer. Yeah. And, and for the kids who don't, you know, necessarily know what the, a dam is or what we're referencing, all you got to think of is is Frozen Two. The whole yes. thing revolves around a dam that they're yeah. trying to keep up to save the city. So there, there, there's yeah, well, except that that was a bad example, Jacob, oh. because that was the evil dam that was killing. Oh, but they weren't letting any water out. Oh, you're right. You're, you're gonna have to, have to think of a good dam. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, well, the idea, kids, if you're watching Frozen and you think, oh no, dams are the devil, no, that dam wasn't letting any water right. come out, and the and then so that so it killed the the valley. Right. There was nothing right. going. So what you do is with a dam normally. Right. is you are letting some water out at all times. So there's water coming out. You're just, you are, you're stopping it for a while or slowing it down for a while so that you can save a bunch of water and then you let it out at a controlled rate. See, that's why we keep you on the show, Noel. And, you know, and if you, if you, <laughs> you know, we've got them up here, but there's they've, um, a lot of the dams or most of them have fish hatcheries that are, um, and I just took a tour, so I can talk a little, a little about this with my Ooh. daughter's uh, Daisy Scouts. Nice. So um, <laughs> they have uh, Genevieve. So um, should be happy to hear that. Uh, you know, a lot of these uh, dams and systems, they have put in hatcheries to try and keep up with it in terms of collecting a certain number of fish, moving fish upstream, um, you know, so they can keep moving through the system. It's not perfect. It's not as good as nature is. But, you know, we're, 
we're, they're, they are starting to catch up with um, the numbers of fish that used to be around. It's, it's so slowly getting there, but they are working on it. And, um, you know, so there, there is a lot going on there as well, too. So try and overcome that problem and overcome that issue. Sure, sure. So before we switch, before we switch gears to, uh, to the next type of, of sustainable energy, mm-hmm. um, you used to tell me, Mike, uh, about all these different other water-based power sources that you'd run into. Like, the, like I remember there were like little snakes that could go in the, in the currents of the, uh, of the ocean and things like that. Yeah. So the big, um, if you will, right now, so the area that we work in is called hydrokinetic energy. Right. So it's, it's the idea being is it's water that's moving, but it's essentially flat. I mean, there's a small slope, but it's, it's flowing water through a current um, and not where where most power hydro hydroelectric power we get is where you've actually dammed water up and you have a big fall. And that's what creates a lot of the energy is that big fall. So in the oceans, uh, there is obviously huge masses of water moving in those currents. And there are a host of companies out there working on uh, on different technologies to actually capture that energy. So you have things you've seen that are bobbing up and down. Um, you have things that look like windmills that sit on the bottom that actually spin from those currents with the water flowing through them. Um, they can produce, you know, a lot of energy, um, particularly out of the, the slow-moving water that's there. Uh, some of them are faster moving waters, but on average, it's it's like relatively speaking, you know, uh, sort of a slower speed compared to other typical uh, hydroelectric generation. And um, the thing about the ocean is it is just so brutal. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you have to really engineer these things to be able to handle all that power in the ocean. And, no, for sure. uh, you know, if you've ever stood on a beach and felt a wave hit you, you know, it's if you can imagine that, but now everything, the whole wall, 500 feet high is hitting you. Um, it's oh just God. unbelievable. Right. And so uh, they, they're, they were getting better, you know, in terms of, of that. There, there's probably, you know, there's some systems out there that are starting to get to that point where they break even, you know, in terms of like they can make the power that can offset other renewable sources or other hydrocarbon sources. Um, so there should be some exciting things happening, you know, in the next, I would say in the next, within the next five years, they should be having some exciting improvements and advancements yeah. there. Cool. That's um, amazing. In that area. And, you know, and again, you're looking at like, you can put these across just massive areas so you can produce, you know, gigawatts of power, just enormous amounts of power. Um, how, how many gigawatts did uh, Doc Brown need? One, one point. One point. gigawatts. That's how many gigawatts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> gigawatts yeah. i know it's hilarious that he says gigawatts and for for all of my life i'm, I'm going to correct people from here on out yeah yeah when they right. say gigawatts we say no 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 it's gigawatts just, just that, gigawatts that's you got to do whatever christopher lloyd chose to do for the movie <laughs> <laughs> um so all right so now let's go into the one that that people know about that is most popular there's a lot of i think a lot of drawbacks people don't quite understand but a lot of positives and a lot of development solar how are yeah. we going to make solar work in this country mike how are we going to fix it You fix it, Mike. Mike, fix it. (laughs) (laughs) Like everything, you know, I mean, every, yeah, everything has its positives and its negatives. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's no one silver bullet, uh, with overcoming this energy mix, you know? And I think that's one of the things I think solar has gotten a really good push. I think some other areas could use a good push that I can Mm -hmm. talk about later. Um, but, 
you know, I, I think what solar is doing in terms of rooftops, you know, I think the focus, sort of my own, you know, I'm a little hobby horse here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are just millions of roofs and places of uh, um, where we haven't utilized, you know, that land that's, that's already taken from, from the earth that we could put solar panels on. Um, you know, one of my frustrations is, is when I was a kid, my fa- our father used to take us motorbiking out in the desert. In all these areas, we used to go motorbiking. Um, you know, well, the, we were all, most motorcyclists were horrible, and we were just purposely killing desert tortoises. So they shut it all down, and they wouldn't let us out there anymore. Well, I've driven through those same areas now, and they're just covered with miles and miles and miles of solar panels okay. and, um, and everything under and dead and gone. It's you desert. can't survive under a solar panel if you're, if you're a desert tortoise, right, yeah, right, for, right. for the record. They, they want the motorbikes back. They're like, look, they can, 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 that's, you know, that's already gone. Everything's taken. We're covering the area that's already there. You yeah. reduce uh, heat radiation on the water. So there's less evaporation. So more water is there to go to the irrigation. Um, you know, there's people have come up with ideas of windmills, you know, along freeways. Like you can cover a lot of the roads, you know, even if you don't lay them on the ground, but above or on the sides right. of solar panels, things like that. I mean, that's land that's already taken and there's thousands and thousands of you know, millions of miles of it around the U.S. Right, right. Um, That's where we should be building. You know? you know, so I think it is, I just think this, this maybe some, if, if you know, we're, we're going to follow government pushing certain things, maybe we can just do it in a little bit more practical way in terms of, you know, still getting that benefit. But, hey, let's use land we've already taken. You know, let's, let's use the areas that we've already claimed for the humans, you know, and then let's yeah. leave the animals alone. Yeah. So. I think there's a giant misunderstanding on on the planet right now, um, I think there's a there's a there's a belief that if it's desert, it's wasteland. It's not. There's nothing there. There's no. There's no point. There's no. Like, right. We don't need it, and that's not true. It's not true. It's right. not true. It's I'm an not ecosystem. Saying we should, right. I'm not saying we should ride motorbikes on it, though. That was fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> we did enjoy I, ourselves. Yeah, but I but I will say that that uh, that that there are. I mean, there's life there. There's yeah. there's life there, and it's an important part of our ecosystem. It's it, yeah. it's it's part of Earth. It's part of the whole plan. It's part of the whole dig, right? Yeah. We can't we can't destroy all of it with solar panels. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I guess the other part of solar that you're looking for is really what makes it work is is batteries, you know, and and storage and the storage of different kinds. And there's there's a lot of ideas out there that people have come up with. You know, there's um what you call um kinetic storage so you have a huge spinning disc that they they use the energy to spin it and it's so heavy it just keeps spinning and um, that's energy that's stored in that spinning mass and that kind of energy it actually helps balance the grid like the frequency thing i was talking before it's particularly good about that of trying to get the frequency back on um fidget spinner energy yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's, there's people that will pump air into a cylinder to compress air in a cylinder to let that out to spin a turbine to produce power. Um, Fart you know. energy. Yep. 
you know, you've got you know, different kinds of. <laughs> I'm on the naming council. I'm on the naming council. <laughs> uh, I'll go for another one. You're a thermal energy. You know, you can heat things up um, or cool things off. You know, so they they store energy. They melt salt and they store energy in melted salt and take it back out. Or the other idea is you cool things off. You you make a bunch of ice cubes on top of a building, you know, at the off peak hours and use the air conditioned big buildings during the day. You know, that's another form of energy storage. So there's a lot of different ways and things, ideas that people have out there that are being implemented. You know, um, some have had success, some haven't, um, really the batteries, you know, there's lithium ion is the most famous one. There's, there's lots of other chemistries, um, of different kinds of batteries, sulfur iron. There's, there's a sulfur lithium, sorry. There's a lot of other different kinds of forms that they're working on. Um, yeah. And, and they all have different benefits themselves. You know, some can take in uh, different chemistries, can take in lots of power in a short period of time, and they can handle that really well. But they're not good at storing it for a long time. You know, other ones can take it in slowly, and they're good at storing for a long time, and they can last forever. You know, um, so there's, there's different, different kinds of batteries for different kinds of uses, you know, and different kinds mm-hmm. of needs as well out there. Do you, do you think there's anything to the idea of recycling some of these soon-to-be-expiring Tesla batteries um, by putting them on, on walls to store? Yeah, no, I, there's some cool stuff where people are taking those batteries, and what will happen is you'll actually – the batteries are a bunch of little cells, mm-hmm. you know? So they're kind of almost like um, a bit bigger, but if you can imagine about the rolls of D-sized cells, and they're lined up, just hundreds of these things. Yeah. And so what will happen is some of those cells will go out, you know? So most of the other cells are actually doing quite well. Uh, working quite well but there's been a short or something that happened um, in the manufacturing or whatever where them just didn't last as long so you can actually swap those out and they actually and you end up getting a lot longer life out of them than you normally than you normally would think and um so yes there's different companies i know there's companies actually doing a lot of those with um the the, was it the priuses and leafs and things mm-hmm. like that which have been around right. a little longer than the teslas Right. Um, some companies have been doing that to make battery packs and walls and things out of. So, right. but recycling is a big issue. Um, right. You know, and even one of the downsides of solar is recycling solar. What do you do with the solar panels when you're done with them? I mean, right. there's all kinds of crazy chemicals holding all that together and the glass together and everything else. And, you know, again, there's positives and negatives looking for that whole life cycle of a product, you know, like when you buy a product, you're not only paying for the product at the beginning, but, you know, people are going to start having to pay to get rid of those things, yeah. um, you know, uh, which, I, which, you know, that I know I've talked to a few people about that and that's a concern, you know, what do you, how, how do we recycle those? How do we get rid of those? You know, we're, we're putting a lot of solar panels up in a very short period of time, which is awesome for renewable energy and that right now, but there's going to be a point in time where all these solar panels are all going to start dying at about the same time. <laughs> and they're they were not created by Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, yeah, they were, they're not so, <laughs> well done. No, so yeah. like, da Vinci didn't make 400 yeah. year long uh, solar panels. You know, they, they've got a 20 to 25 year life, you know, so yeah. around that time of period, these are all going to start coming off and we're going to have to figure out what to do with them. So that that's another, you know, uh, it's something that's got to be taken into that equation. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can't just throw those in a landfill. You can't just, yeah. You know, we can't just ship them off to Asia like we've been doing with lots of our other trash. <laughs> just right? send um, it to China. You know? I know, <laughs> I know. And then, and then they one day were like, guess what? We're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, here's a virus. Back. No, that was terrible. I'm sorry. And they, sorry. Were like, they were like, there you go. 
Um, <laughs> I said a terrible thing. Oh, it's, it's okay. You're You're not, I'll hear it and I'm editing. <laughs> um, we do need to wrap things up because I could, we honestly could talk to Mike forever. But uh, is have we been doing this that long? I'm so sorry. This yeah. is an extra long. It's a deluxe version. Of it's the, a deluxe the one. And the, but that's okay. We're going to go Joe Rogan this thing, you know, three and a half oh, hours. Yeah. And, you know? Man, I don't know <laughs> how that guy does that long a podcast. I, I had a friend who went on it. Well, both Noel and I's friend, Chris D'Elia, and he was on Joe Rogan. Um, and I asked him afterwards, I was like, was that exhausting? And he was like, yes. <laughs> I, just can't, I just can't imagine going for three hours on a yeah. podcast. That just sounds like so much. So anyway. it's a long time. Yeah. Well, before we get rid of him, we got to do the, We got to do the last of the big, okay. the big ones, right? The last so of the, bring it, the last bring of the bigs. All right. So uh, wind, wind energy. What are your thoughts on, on, on uh, wind energy? Yeah, I think it has as wind gushes through. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the wind is silence. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, anything, it has its place. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to throw in some of my personal bias here. It's, Please do. Uh, that's what we're about. Yeah, I did a a recent trip uh, last year. I was actually was lucky enough to go to Austria to to Vienna and. Cool. Um, I did a drive. I went north. I went up to the Czech Republic and, you know, the countryside there is just unbelievable. And I was there in like, um, well, for when I was, I mean, it's been spring or fall sometime in the summer, but you know, the, the, um, sunflower flowers were out everywhere. They grow them like crazy there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fields and fields of it and rolling hills. And, but in the Austrian side, there's just big windmills everywhere, you know, and you, you just can, you know, you just sort of notice them all, but as soon as you drive across that border into the Czech Republic, they're gone. And I swear your tension level just kind of like comes down. Really? <laughs> Interesting. It's, uh, I just felt Fascinating. it. Um, you know, and there's a big wind has done amazing things in Texas, you know, like Texas is probably one of the leading renewable states in the country now. Um, you know, it's, it's big oil, but I think it may, it might even be, don't quote me on this, but it may even be the leading renewable one because they've got huge wind farms, um, yeah. you know, out in the desert away from things. Yeah. Um, but, and in Texas, they're big, I'm sure. They're huge. Yeah. <laughs> the I mean, biggest like ones. Two megawatt, you know, yeah. one to two megawatt windmills. Yeah. And, um, but again, it's got drawbacks, you know, like that they, these different, you, you are taking out you know, particularly smaller windmills are taking out birds, um, you know, a lot of birds, <laughs> really, <laughs> hundreds yeah. of thousands of birds, because you put windmills where the wind is. Well, That's the wind's right, a free ride for migrating birds, right? Yeah. They kind of follow those paths because they don't have to work so hard. <laughs> they can ride the wind. Yeah. So um, there's issues with that. Uh, I'm actually really impressed with some of the things they're doing in Europe, which we're, we're just starting to catch up with in the U.S. I think they've just permitted the first offshore wind farms, I think, on the East Coast, and they're starting to think about it on the West Coast. Um, you know, you get you can actually choose, you know, um, places that are offshore where there is not the migratory birds. There's not so much going on out there. The wind is a lot more consistent, you know, so it, it's... Um, you know, to give you an idea of, of efficiencies, you know, so like a, a, a good solar panel in an ideal condition produces power 24, 25% of the time, you know, and that's, I'm talking about like Arizona in the desert, great. Community. Right. Okay. Um, a good windmill, you know, you can get north of 50%, but the average for windmills is actually like 20% or less. Mm. Um, okay. 
you know, so where you put them is, is also really important in terms of actually getting more efficiency out of them. So you can find these places that are offshore where the wind is blowing a lot more consistently. You've got a lot fewer environmental effects. You know, you have a footprint on the ground because you got to, you know, you got to stand them there, but you just, you're not affecting the, you know, the fish are kind of going to swim by them. There's not too much are going to affect there. Probably a lot of them will actually set up shop and make a reef around them, you know, depending on right. where you put them. Yeah. Um, and you're not taking out the birds and things. So again, it's like anything, there's places that it's actually, you know, where it's really good, you get a much better economic benefit and a much better environmental benefit about where you place it and what you do with it. You know, I guess that's kind of the, you know, unintended theme that's come out of this my yeah. conversation here is it's really, it's, you know, where you put these things and how you use them. You know, yeah. there are places where they are really good and there are places where they're just not ideal. So, right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so much of what we talk about in the show is what is the next environmental problem? What are we, what are we, what are we creating for ourselves tomorrow? And it's interesting when it comes to renewable energy. And I think it's been a nice theme for this particular podcast is that if we're smart now, if we're responsible with this now, then we can put the right, the right device in the right place and then, and do it the right way so that we don't set ourselves up for a massive problem in the future where there's, where we've killed all the birds and yeah. all the fish and <laughs> yeah. Every one of the lizards, and they're all gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we put true. these things in the wrong place and did the wrong thing. Yeah, and that's fascinating because because it seems like it's a it really is kind of a, a wholesome effect that we're looking for. Like, how can we how can we do this in a way that that everybody's winning? That that you're right. you're getting power where you need it in the different places, and that the amount of efficiency you can get out of that is enough because where it is, it's doing what we need, and it's being supplemented by these other technologies and these other. Yeah. I mean, fish got a theme park out of the deal. They got a theme park. Yeah. So we need to give the birds and the lizards a theme park. So like, it's if, okay. we're gonna, if we're going to have giant fans, it's got to just be like a, whoa, like fly right, <laughs> fly right past it. You know, like, man, I'm so glad I didn't get caught in that thing. So, um, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think roll, rolling on to some of the other background and stuff, it's, you know, the, the gas is a super important, you know, I think that's going to be a hydrocarbon that's around with us for a while. You know, that, sure. that's the thing that you can just turn on that has the lowest environmental impact. You can distribute those around, um, you know, to help back up the system, back up these grids. Um, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great example of, a, of an energy yeah. transition solution, isn't it? Yeah. Right? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a solution that's, that is available today. And that has an impact that is minuscule compared to other options and compared to fuel oil and coal options that yeah. you can turn on immediately. Yeah. 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 It's great. It's great, man. This has been, this thank has been you, great. Mike. Yeah. This has been an excellent episode. We're happy to have you on here. You're very knowledgeable. What we do is we have the guests on to class it up and then Noel keeps it nice and classy. And then I come in and I bring it right back down <laughs> that level with fart jokes. You bring, um, you bring the joy, you bring the hilarity, you bring the everyman. Oh, uh, uh, the everyman. Okay. Um, okay. Well, this has been, this has been great. For every woman, Jacob. You yeah, every, every woman. I'm every woman as the song goes. Um, I'm every woman. Well, Mike, me. <laughs> Mike's here for the tags. Mike's here for the tags. He's here for the tags. So I want to see if he knows one off the top of his head. We're going to start out with our, our first one, which is we've been your beacon of light in a gloomy environment. Mike, do you, do you got one that you remember? Do I remember? Yeah. Um, even if it's an old one. Even if it's an old one? Yeah. Oh, um, think about with 
Th- things are uh, nature's awesome. Just look at eggs. Yeah, yes, that's it. That's yes. it. That's totally it. Is. Nature, nature is perfect. Look at it. Nature's perfect. But perfect. you did it. You did it. And that is a 2020 tag. That's so. it's a modern tag. You're in it. Oh, yeah. uh, we we yeah. are featuring greater parasympathetic nerve activity. Absolutely. More than just charismatic megafauna. Tangent, but worth it. <laughs> yes, tangential, but yeah, tangential, but worth it. Yeah, that yeah. is a, tw- that's a 2019 one. And well, our do latest, we have any more from this year? We do. The, the latest one this year is Dolphins Don't Quit. <laughs> <laughs> dolphins Don't Quit. Dolphins Don't Quit. And neither should you. They don't. They don't. Well, this has been fantastic, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. And a reminder to our audience, next week is Earth Day. Wednesday, April 22nd is Earth Day. Awesome. There's a lot of really cool tools out there that you can use. Uh, there's an amazing app that was sent to us by our friends over at Earthwatch that you should definitely check out. I have had it here a second ago. <laughs> um, where is it? Where are you, you silly goose? It's on my phone somewhere. There it is, EC, Earth Challenge 2020. So you can go out and look for Earth Challenge 2020. It's got some cool things that you can do to check the air quality in your area. And we'll get into that on a future episode and then also some plastic pollution stuff. But next Wednesday is Earth Day, um, which is a real big one. It's the 50th anniversary. And uh, they're doing a lot of programs over there to, to help people still do stuff for the planet, even though we're all you know in what? Here's yeah. what we should do. What? To celebrate Earth Day, everybody should stay home and don't don't get out and, and use a bunch of... That's a lot to ask, Noel. No, a lot to ask for. I think we can do it. If we really, if we Free just band together for that one day. Remember, uh, Earth, remember Earth Hour, the whole theory when nobody does anything for an hour and what it would save? <laughs> yeah, right. The deal. <laughs> yeah, right. The Earth Hour people are like, man, how do we even convince people that, you know, like this is what they're living now. It's like Earth 24 hour hour. I'm telling you, environmentalists are going to be blamed for COVID-19. Uh, I'm sure. It's all said and done. I know. Well, thanks, guys. We will see you next time on the Biofriendly Podcast. Have a good one, guys. Thank you, Mike. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 (laughs) (laughs) It's the Biofriendly Podcast. It's the Biofriendly Podcast.